0: the Chair 2 Leaders podcast with your hosts, Danny Smith and Ben South. If you lead from the second chair or you work with those who do, this is a place for you. We're glad you're here for conversations about the church, ministry, life, and how we can serve better for God's kingdom. Hey everybody, welcome back to another uh, episode of Chair 2 Leaders. I'm so glad that uh, you're joining us today. My name is Danny
1: Smith. I'm alongside Ben South. Ben, how are you today? Man, I'm doing good, Danny. It's good to be back visiting with you. Excited about our conversation today. Yeah, I'm really
0: excited about uh, our guest today. Uh, we have Matt Bagby on. He is the pastor of Cross Point Baptist Church in Greenbrier and has been there a couple of years. I'll let him share a little bit more here in just a few minutes. But uh, we're excited about talking to Matt today because we're going to talk about what it's like uh, for some of our listeners who have been in um, both positions they've served in chair two they've been in chair one um, I know I have several friends that uh, have done that um, I've done that over the years where you kind of just move different ministries and one of the things we hope this podcast does is just encourage people wherever they're at and whatever they got going on and we just see the value and all that so I'm excited about talking to Matt on this muggy day I don't know if it's muggy where you're at but my goodness it went from kind of nice weather to oh yes yeah, about to be summer
1: Yes, it was uh, extremely, let's say, damp outside. It wasn't raining. The humidity yeah. is up and it's um it's coming. It's the it's summer in the south.
0: Summer in the south. Just you don't know, like it. Wait five minutes and we get hotter. So That's all right. the bugs are coming. It's happening. So but no, we're glad to have Matt joining us. Matt, welcome to the podcast.
2: Thank you. Glad to be here.
0: Yes, sir. Well, hey, we'd just like to kind of start out by uh, maybe just tell us a little about yourself, uh, about your family. And at the end of the uh, podcast, uh, we'll, we'll ask you ways that people can uh, maybe make contact with you if they want to ask more questions or just connect with you. But tell us about Matt Backby.
2: All right. Well, I'm the pastor of Crosspoint Baptist Church, as Danny said, and I've uh, been here for about four and a half years. So Danny was wrong on the two-year part. But anyway. Oh yeah. Uh, but yeah. Danny,
1: <laughs> you should have
0: known that. So yeah, I should have known that. So, Matt. Sorry to interrupt you, but uh, Matt had incredibly, incredibly. Well, I don't say big shoes to fill. Maybe a, a pair of shoes to fill. Okay, he did, <laughs> but uh, it's taking him four and a half years to get past the last guy, who may or may not be one of the hosts of this podcast that's talking right now.
1: I've never been a senior pastor either, so yeah.
0: so process to do, of elimination. A of reasoning there.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So we just hijacked your intro. Sorry.
2: Yeah, so no, that's okay. We, we've been here for four and a half years, and we love it. Um, I grew up in the Metroplex in Dallas, and uh, it's it's been interesting coming to a small town. That's the first time I've ever been in a town this small, but uh, we love it. It's great community. We can be able to connect. Uh, before I, I was here, I, w- I was actually in the, the Metroplex in Arlington for a couple of years. Uh, and before that, I was in Utah for 12 years where I was the youth pastor and then became the pastor. And uh, so enjoy being out there, miss being in Utah, uh, because we didn't have this humidity that we have today that you were talking about.
0: That's right, that's right. Um,
2: But so I've been in ministry for right at almost 20 years and um, just uh, enjoy it, So, but love being where we are right now. Got a great community. I'm married, I have uh, two boys, one's 16, one is 13, and then we have a two-year-old daughter. So we had another one late in life and uh, she is a blessing.
0: Yeah, she's cute. You've got a great family. And, uh, you know, Matt, you and I've talked a lot over the years, um, the last four and a half, not two, yes. and um, just talking ministry and stuff. We were out West for a while. Y'all were out West quite a bit longer than we were. And, um, you know, what was that transition? So so when you went to Utah, you went to be the youth minister, youth pastor. Is that correct? Right. And then you stepped into that pastoral role. So maybe starting with that ministry context, what was that like? What were some of the um, things that you had to work through that maybe the church had to work through to move out of that role into the role of the the pastoral position?
2: Yeah, that that was an interesting journey. So when I got out there, I went out there to go work with my youth pastor from high school in Texas. And uh, he called me to I just graduated from Bible college and he called me to come work with him. So we got out there. then he was only out there about a year and a half and then uh, he moved back to texas they called another pastor um, and then he was only there for about two years and but i learned a wealth of knowledge from both of those guys and uh tell the truth i thought i was about to get fired and uh because the pastor was acting weird and i was talking to a friend and like man my pastor did that one time and you know he was about to fire me and so about a week later, he calls me into my office. I'm like, "All right, here it comes." And we sit down. He goes, Are "You ready to take this church?" And I'm like, "What?" So, and I was like, he, he was acting weird because he was trying to make moves to be able to transition out. And and he's Surprise. like, you're, "Yeah, you ready." And you know, so went into that role. But what was great is that pastor. He had had 30 years of experience, and so he really took care of so many of the little petty things that you know you might have to come in and deal with. was all taken care of it i mean it was just a smooth transition into that spot plus they already knew me for four years so uh that made it pretty easy in in one sense and uh the church was very gracious you know i was young and uh, green in the sense of being a pastor but uh loved that ministry so that transition actually was really good for me um of course as we know there's always struggles in, in ministry but uh for the most part that was really good and then being able to pastor for eight years once I was there. So, uh, loved it.
0: Yeah. I love that idea that they already knew, you know, I think sometimes, um, I think sometimes churches, when they go to look for a new senior pastor and maybe they've got an existing staff, I think their first thought is like, okay, we need to go find someone when maybe the first thought is like, Hey, is there somebody here? Because they know us, they know our families, they know the rhythms of our church. And so I think that's really, um, uh, something that's overlooked and maybe, um, you know, the idea and one of the things that we hope we emphasize here is that every calling is valuable. Every calling is important and people grow, you know, people grow in what their ministry abilities are. God is equipping, God's using that church to equip you. And so uh, what a what a neat testimony that uh, not only did your senior pastor see that, which we can talk about that relationship between chair one and chair two, but that your church was was ready to embrace that as well.
1: Yes. So from there, you move when you moved to the Metroplex. Did you move? Did you step back out of chair one? Yes. To the chair two role. What did you? What what led you to move that way?
2: Well, a pastor friend in in Arlington called me one day, and he actually was the associate pastor at the church I went to when I was in Bible college, and my wife grew up in this church in Springfield, so he, we knew each other pretty well, and uh, and he was needing some help, wanted to have some established, you know, somebody that had led before. able to just take a chunk and he could just trust me and be able to take it and so he called me he's like hey would you come and you know be my associate pastor and help me you know family pastor do small groups discipleship uh counseling ministry things like that and uh and i you know first i told him i was like no i was like i'm good where i am and uh, we'd actually just changed the name of the church, and so that was—it uh, had only been like six months. It's was like, if I leave, they'll crucify me, <laughs> you know. So yeah. it, it was, uh, <laughs> yeah. It, but um, three months went by, and he called me back, and he goes, "You know what? I really want you to pray about this." And and I did. And some of what made that move is my mom had had multiple sclerosis for thirty years, and she had really declined. And it was the Lord using that to get me back to the Metroplex to be able to help with my folks. And so uh, I, I made that transition uh, for my folks, but also for, I think the Lord gave us that, that opportunity to be able to step back. And then with that, just to kind of give a little testimony about that, that, the pastor that brought me there, he gave me so much grace that when my mom was in the hospital, probably three times during that year, that in the next year, and uh, you know he would tell me, he's like, you just go because that's, what you're, that's half the reason why you're here. He goes, you're helping us, but you're here to minister to your family as well. And within that year, uh, by the next year, I got there in January. By next January, my mom had passed away, and so that was a—it was a blessing from God to be able to let me go back, but then also to step back into that chair as well in associate position. Um, it was eye-opening. I, I'll tell you, I was there about a month and listening to the pastor, us in our conversations, and talking, and I heard what he was saying, and I'm like, I've said those things. And I've expected that from my staff whenever I was in Utah. About a month in, I called my youth pastor from Utah, and I was like, dude, I am sorry. (laughs) I was like, man, I'm sorry I asked you to do this, this, and how would I expected you about that? And I was like, man, I apologize. So it was a great moment that God let me be able to see that and be able to pull that now into my current ministry as a pastor, the lead pastor again, to go back and remember that, say, don't be this or that. Not that it's all bad, because you still have to have expectations to understand that, but in how you do it. Uh, I would say one of the things that he and I, whenever we would interact with each other with from stepping into, you know, I was a pastor, lead pastor, and now serving for a lead pastor, whenever we would talk about uh, ministry and how to go about ministry, that was always kind of a, you know, banging, the heads, I was like, you know what, this is what I've seen. He goes, well, this is what I've seen. And we would go back, but it actually helped too, because we could go back and forth with each other, I think healthy and respectfully, uh, more so than maybe he would have with somebody that hadn't been a pastor before, you know, because it was like, I've seen this and I've done this, and here's what the experience I had. Mm-hmm. And then he could go back and we could really hammer that out and actually kind of fine tune down what we really needed to do. So. There was a lot of benefits to it there was frustrations there was days i'm like all right <laughs> you know it was really frustrating sometimes especially whenever he would say no to something that i'm like hey i'm passionate about this but he did have the say and i'm like all right so but it did help us to be able to fine-tune things quite a bit that really helped us to be able to move forward in some ministry it was really good
0: and i love that uh you know you probably just speak what most of us feel at times anyway there's always tension you know when you're passionate about something and maybe the other doesn't see it so I love that uh, just kind of honest truth about it but I love the assessment that you were able to do during that time you know I think sometimes we forget about that assessment part Um, I kind of look at my kids in that respect in the sense of you know I can look back now at what I asked of my oldest versus maybe what I have seen in my youngest and I go you know what, like you said, the expectations aren't bad. So, you know, what were some of the things that in that assessment time, just where you're kind of personally assessing what you had asked, maybe a chair two person under you now, what you're experiencing as a chair two. what were, what were some, some really key things that you said, here's one or two or three things that I really just kind of keyed in on, or just one big thing. It doesn't have to be a whole outline, but. uh,
2: I would say a lot of it was just the expectations. Hey, you know, I need you to do this. And, I would do it, but I would not do it his way. And so that's where I realized, ah, I, is it about my way or is it about the ministry or the the task being completed? And so that was um, that was interesting. And that was probably one of the biggest things of, you know, because I was used to doing it my way because I was the pastor and I would say, all right, this is what we're going to do. This is what I've prayed about. This is what I want to do. But then to be able to somebody say, Hey, I want you to take this project and do this. And I would do it. And then it'd come back. Oh, well, we didn't do this, this, or this, or I, you need to change this, this, and this. And that really started to, to weigh on me and frustrate. And we, we finally sat down and had a talk. We had a, uh, I don't know, come to Jesus moment is the right term, but, uh, I was like, we've got to talk about this because I'm very frustrated. And, uh, and it's impacting how I want to perform here, you know, uh, to be able to serve on staff. And so, again, I think with my experience of being a lead pastor, I think that gave me a little bit more confidence to say, this is what we need to do. This is how we need to approach it. And, and as we did that, you know, he, he even said, he goes, um, probably most people wouldn't come and say those things. And I was like, well, that's probably true. But I was like, I'm different in the sense that I've sat in your chair. And that wasn't trying to be arrogant or cocky. That was just, I knew what what goes on in that chair. I know when all the decisions come through and have to be filtered. Um, So that was probably one big thing. But then I would say on the flip side, where when you're sitting in that second chair, I finally realized quickly, I had everybody coming to me with their issues or their problems with the pastor or the direction of the church and wanting me to do something or side with them. And I think that's real easy because everybody wants to be wanted. And whenever that's coming in on you, you're like, oh, they're coming to talk to me, but they're coming to talk to me because I'm not the one making that decision. And so I learned real quick, I was like, if I was in that spot as the pastor, because I had been, what would I want my staff person to do? And so I told them this to every person that came in, I was like, listen, the only person that can fix that is the guy sitting next door to me. I will go in there with you. I don't tell him to go in there. So I'll go in there with you and I will help you. We will articulate this the best that we can. But that was one thing I tried to do from my experience of being first chair back into that second chair is what would I want somebody to do for me in the, in the respects of trying to solve issues or personality conflicts. And to be able to bring them together and help that uh that was a role that i felt i could be able to fulfill better because i've been in that first chair spot and uh and i think we saw some results from that too to be able to come in and take them and help them process what they were feeling or how they saw something and i was able to do that as well i was able to say "As like listen this is where he's coming from and i was able to speak into that because of my experience Eight years as being a pastor before I went back into that that role.
1: That's a good point you bring up because in that chair two role there is a lot of potential for people to pit you against chair one. Like you were saying, they'd come to you when they had the issue. And there's maybe a couple of different reasons they're doing it. Maybe they think they can win you to their side, or maybe you can take the fall for the issue they want to do if it doesn't go well, versus them being the one that's names attached to it. But if you're not careful, you could get drawn into a turf battle or a battle in the church between the different roles and leadership um, with the people they – because people are going to people and they're going to try and pitch you against each other and get you on their side or determine which side you're on. Um, so you've got to be careful about that. I think that's a good point, just kind of a side note maybe even of, of what you were saying. But, yeah, just recognizing that, encouraging people to go do things the right way. When you're going to that chair one, don't join them. Say, hey, let's go together and make sure this is right. Let's go together and make sure we're doing a God-honoring um right way that's for the good of all of us
0: and one of the things you know kind of piggybacking off that uh, Ben, is you know it's easy to find all of our identity wrapped up in sort of that lead role um maybe there's a chair two leader listening to this going one day when i'm the lead guy or here's how i would do it and you know i think and some of this comes with age some of it comes with just you know your skin getting thickened up it is uh you know you, you look at every young leader and, and you realize there's nothing I can do to prevent the conflicts you're going to have to walk through, but it's going to be helpful for you. You know, you to get to a point where, uh, you know, just out of age and experience, you're like, Hey, it's not as big of a deal anymore, but it is an identity thing. It is a, a value thing. Like you said, we want to be wanted. We want to be loved. And so, you know, it's, I think uh, telling those guys that are maybe uh, aspiring to a chair one role to say, Hey, start here. And now letting your soul, and its satisfaction be found in christ No, like you said ben people will look if they can wedge between you they're going to try to do it and it's going to happen uh matt one of the things i wanted to uh to ask you about as well you know you've got a couple of folks that serve on staff with you there at uh, at crosspoint um and you've done one of the things i've just really admired over the last uh, few years four and a half not two but uh last few years is uh you know you you have brought uh, some young guys on. You've had some that have served for a while and moved on, um, but someone who's kind of served by your side constantly, and I'm going to guess that this person did this in Dallas, and I'm going to say they did it in Utah as well, but your wife actually serves with you uh, in a role there at the church. So maybe talk about that dynamic a little bit. We had a guy on uh, early on that uh, serves with his dad, and I think that's always something to to kind of talk about that fam- family relationship uh, serving together. Yes.
2: Yeah, she was my children's minister in Utah. And then when we moved to Texas, she was the church secretary and the children's minister. Um, I'll tell you this whenever she was a secretary, you know, before my, uh, when my mom was still alive, I was very busy going back and forth uh, from Arlington to Dallas, taking care of things. And then after my mom passed away, um, I didn't realize how much time my family took. And so I had a lot more time on my hands. And I remember being in the office and she turned around one time, she goes, you're driving me nuts, go do something. <laughs> so, so, you know, that was a little different relationship with the church secretary that, you know, uh, <laughs> that she could be honest with me in that way, but it but it was good and that's, that's kind of what helped me. I know you didn't ask this question. That's kind of what helped me uh, start to desire to be back in that lead position of mm-hmm. wanting to have just, you know, more to do. Um, but to go back to your original question, Uh, With my wife, I mean, and she's our children's minister now here at the church, and she does a phenomenal job. My pastor, that I grew up underneath David Mills, I remember I went away to Bible college. He goes, Matt, we talked about different things, but one thing he wanted to talk about was dating, and he always said, he goes, Matt, the woman you marry will make or break your ministry, Mm -hmm. and boy, that has been the truth ever since I've heard it, and I've shared that wisdom over and over again and that is still true my wife if it wasn't for her i could not do the things that i do um just practically she reads my message every week before sunday you know and she's like hey maybe think about this here think about that there." just having a different mind to to look at it um and she does a phenomenal job with our children's ministry and you know and it is different you know um i guess this is where it gets tough sometimes and i even get envious sometimes of some of my pastor friends that have wives that are whether they're teachers or they work at a bank i mean we both work here and so this is all we do and and it kind of can get monotonous it's like when we're sitting there talking i'm like okay i don't want to talk about church for a little bit uh but it's kind of tough because sometimes we do because that's what our world is with whether it's children's ministry we're talking about a child and maybe it's their parent i'm like well i need to you know address this here or we need to encourage them there but at the same time we can be able to speak into each other where she might see something with the kids to that lets me know about something with the folks that, hey, we need to, you know, try to help them out or they need some encouragement there. So that has been helpful. Um I think one thing that is a little weird as far as like, you know, when we do reviews and stuff like that for annual, you know, things is, you know, sitting there with my wife and, you know. <laughs> let me tell you what you need to improve on you know <laughs> no I, I, I just make some suggestions you do what you want with it no uh, but she does a good i mean i don't have to tell her to do anything usually she's like hey we need to do this i'm like yes you're right we do need to do that and so uh and you don't take that part home you don't
1: do an annual evaluation you know no. annually at home okay dinners this year have not been up to this. don't we don't advise that
2: no no that, let's give some other more wisdom don't do that at home right?
1: <laughs> that's right don't do that that's
0: awesome yeah yeah that's right those boundaries are good and uh yeah. of course you know having uh having your your daughter now little daughter i'm sure she she keeps you all busy when you leave uh oh, leave yes. her all that although the teenagers are probably keeping you equally as uh yeah. busy so. they
2: keep us busy but it's mainly like what are you doing you know they're you know, <laughs> phones and you know so yeah it's uh, she now keeps everything busy so that's good sure sure
0: well, Matt, uh, now that, of course, you know, your wife being on staff with you, maybe talk for just a moment about what are some of the things you try to teach the guys that serve on staff with you? I know you've kind of alluded to those things, but, you know, when you bring that guy on that's maybe out of college or at least maybe newly married, what are just some of the what are some of the things you're hoping to see and whatever time you have with him happen in his life or her life?
2: Yeah, that that's a great question because I, I love to invest uh, into folks and especially these staff members. And I do, I try to share with them all the pitfalls, the things that I did wrong, just like a parent probably does with, you know, their kids say, hey, don't do this. Uh, and then also to be like what you mentioned earlier, be honest enough, say, here's where I messed up. And here's where I don't want you to mess up. And this is why I'm telling, to be able to explain, not just to say, do it because I said so, give a reason of why we ask them to do certain things or why I want you to go about it in this direction. Um, So I try to to do that with these guys. I've got two great guys uh, outside of my wife and my secretary. I've got a youth pastor and a music minister. Both of them have unbelievable hearts and uh, and a desire to serve the Lord. And so I just try to come alongside them and I ask them to do stuff with me. Uh, I'm a hands-on guy, so I'm like, here, I want you to watch me. And I show them how to do those things or I try to explain to them why we make this phone call or why we need to go hang out with a teenager. You know why we're picking this song or or uh and not that i i try to manipulate all those things i try to give them the responsibility because after going from the first chair to the second chair i don't want to be a micromanager uh because and i know that's so easy to do because usually pastors are uh control i don't want to say well control freaks sometimes all right they're prone (laughs) we're prone to control (laughs) yeah so and try to be able to give that macro as opposed to that micro to be able to let them have some freedom, but then be able to say, Hey, let's talk about this. What did you see it? And I think that's what I've learned too, is just to ask questions, let them be able to discover it as opposed to telling them, here's what you did. Here's what you probably should have done different. Let's, let's have a Let's, let's have a conversation about it. Mm-hmm. So I, I try to do it in that way to let them develop their own leadership because uh, I think that is key. And then also teaching them to listen and to be able to receive feedback, you know, just that's biblical from Proverbs. And I asked them to do the same thing. I was like, if you see something in me, I want you to come and talk to me about it. I want that feedback because I've got blind spots and they see those things that I don't and I want them to speak into my life. So like when we were talking about reviews earlier, whenever I do a review with a uh, a staff member, the last question is what do you see in me? What do you need from me? What do you we need to address? Because I want them to speak into my life because just because they might be in their 20s, they are seeing things with our culture that I don't see and I want that wisdom to be spoken into my life. So that's probably one I think of the biggest things that I've seen over 20 years of ministry of going, you know, second chair, first chair, second chair, back to first chair. Is I want Everyone, young or old speaking into my life because I want that wisdom is all that's going to help me do is be a better minister. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's good. And I think, um, for those guys, maybe you don't have the relationship with your chair one or chair two, whichever chair you're in that where it's, that's been the case where you had that freedom to speak into their life. Hey, you might have you thought about this? Um, you know, here's an area. Have you, have you considered this? Go to that other person, whether whichever chair you're in, go to them and say, hey, in this issue, this area, just start in one area, what are some things you saw? Help me, um, help me look at that. And that's going to help build that rapport and that uh, don't make your supervisor or the other person come to you and say, you know, you messed up here. Say, okay, I, I'm, I'm looking through this. I've assessed. Here's some issues. What else do you see? is there something else and so start that conversation is is a helpful thing to do
0: yeah and you know matt um boy we could we're going to have to bring you back there's so much good stuff here and uh just appreciate you so much and on a personal note um you, you know you were uh, so helpful to my wife and i and our family as we transitioned back to uh arkansas from out west you know you knew the out west and so One of the things that I I just really consider such a joy in my life is that um, we have uh, served at a church, not together at the same time you're serving there now. And and all kidding aside, listen, things are, I hear such great things happening. You're doing a great job. God is really using you and blessing you, man. I appreciate you, appreciate your wife and your family. And I know that the Lord's going to continue to use you. And uh, I hope that, you know, we appreciate you being on today. If people wanted to contact you, maybe follow up with you, what would be a way for them to contact you?
2: Uh, they can email me at mattmatt M-A-T-T, at crosspointlife.com or they can give me a phone call. My my cell phone number is 817-209-7837. so email-
0: so great thank you i didn't mean to interrupt you there so uh, thanks for coming on you know you mentioned bible college and that's where ben and
1: i met and we're so thankful ben why don't you tell us uh, uh our listeners about our sponsor we we are very thankful for our sponsor here at Charity Leaders Central Baptist College has a program for you if you're in ministry or in many other career fields and you want a college degree but you think you don't have the time to do it. The PACE College Degree Program at CBC in Conway, Arkansas has a proven in-class, online, or hybrid course format, multiple degrees that will fit your schedule. They know that you can't quit your full-time ministry, your full-time job, and they've developed this program to work through that. They've got 20 years of experience doing this, helping people earn their degrees. To get started, visit them at cbc.edu slash online. Apply for admissions or request a virtual meeting. They'll contact you. cbc.edu slash online. All right.
0: Thank you, Ben. And uh, go check that out at Central Baptist College. Matt, thank you so much for being on today. And uh, we'll be praying for your ministry, and uh, maybe we can have you back on soon. All
1: right. Thanks, Matt.
2: Thank you guys for letting me be here today.
1: Enjoy the conversation.
2: You've been listening
0: to Chair 2 Leaders. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for the latest updates, and make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to Chair 2 Leaders wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening.